You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. In-depth conversations, matchup breakdown, analysts on every game, everything a Steelers fan could want. This is Fourth Down in the Steel City with your hosts, Adam Crawley and Colin Dudlap. Fourth Down in the Steel City. I have now forgotten what episode it is. Nine. Episode oh. nine. But Colin's smart. It so says Colin it right knows. above your head if you're watching the video feed. No way. That is what that says. Uh-huh. Steel City, fourth down in the Steel City, episode nine. He's calling. He's a smart one. I'm Adam. I'm just here for my looks on an audio podcast. Colin, before we dive into the nitty-gritty of the Pittsburgh Steelers versus Jacksonville Jaguars game coming up, yeah. and before we get into some Deshaun Watson talk, but not inundate you with Deshaun Watson talk, I had somebody arguing with me on social media that huh. dropped, first of all, they said actually and then in a follow-up tweet said my first name and i feel like both of those things are fairly disrespectful what say you yeah yeah uh, i i'm with you anybody that drops that that's almost as bad as a pal or chief oh. or one of those sort of things but the actually actually adam that is a i'm correcting you and i'm telling you with 100% certainty that I'm certain that you're uncertain about this issue. That's what that means. That's exactly what that means. And then I reply with a retort and I get hit back with, well, Adam, which it was not a respectful Adam. It was a, let me talk down to you, Adam. So I got it doubly from the same person on social media. That's Uh almost like whenever you get hit with a per the last email, Oh. You know, that means, oh. yeah, moron. I'm trying to get back to you again. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah. As per my last uh, correspondence, I'll reiterate. That's mm-hmm. another one. Reiterate is another one. 
uh, translation, I've already told you once, and I'm tired <laughs> of having to tell you any more times, and this will be the last one. Well, the thing that I hate most, dislike most, I really don't use the word hate, but what I dislike most out of anything is when someone tries to correct you oh. and they're wrong. It's like, case in point, you think back in Steeler history, if you say, you're talking on your talk show or something, and you say, well, remember that time when um, Plexico Burst caught the football and spiked it, and he was not down. And somebody will call in or text and say, well, that was Cedric Wilson, actually. No, no, it wasn't. It was Plexico Burris. There's no, nothing worse than wrong. when a corrector has the wrong information and you're right to begin with because then what it does, it forces you to question yourself about the correct yes. information for a moment. Yes. And anybody that does that in real life, I ah, admit, that is my absolute number one pet peeve. When someone tries to correct you and they're not correct. I'm with you a million percent. I cannot stand that. And it happened recently to me when Doran was hosting the show. I was with Doran by ourselves on the morning show last week, the week before, whatever it was. And Deontay Johnson got his contract. And I reported doing the headline that it was a three-year deal. And I had three people tweet me and say, no, 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 no. It was a two-year deal. And I had to kindly pull up the Steelers' own press release to remind them that they were all wrong. But you know what it did? The next headline I read, I was nervous. I just said, oh, it's a $54 million deal or whatever it was. Right. You start to question yourself when you know you're right. Then you, whenever you're positive you're right, you triple and quadruple check it. Mm -hmm. That's when you turn into A.J. Burnett and you go with the S-T-F-D to that person. Then then you don't feel bad about, about telling them to just shut the hell up. The reason I bring this up is yes. to say that I am, I'm really, you guys are lucky that I'm here today. Um, it was quite the blow to my ego. My delicate sensibilities were offended. I was triggered and it's just a miracle that I was able to make it to this podcast today. Speaking of triggered, that's a word Deshaun Watson's like to use and Deshaun Watson. This is crazy to me, Colin, what has happened here with Deshaun Watson getting the 11 game suspension now and I don't know how much we want to dive into it and get into the full meat of this on a Steelers-related podcast here, but the thing that I've gotten a lot on social media is, well, you wanted to see Ben Roethlisberger succeed, so you can't say anything about Deshaun Watson. It's a total false equivalency. It's totally whataboutism, and it drives me up a wall, and this gives a platform to be able to retort to that. The Steelers had Ben Roethlisberger under contract, considered trading him, legitimately did shop him. There was a report out there that they almost agreed to a deal with the 49ers. Meanwhile, the Browns knew of 25, if not more, alleged sexual assaults and then paid Deshaun Watson $230 million guaranteed dollars, gave up draft picks to get this guy. It's not the same situation. No, and... The thing about it is I wanted Ben Roethlisberger. I advocated for Ben Roethlisberger to be suspended for at least a year. So that being said, I don't – there's no hypocrisy on my end. I thought the guy should have been suspended for a year, and I was perfectly – and you could roll the tape if you want – perfectly fine with the Steelers releasing him if that's what it took. I thought that, you know, even if it came back to where he won Super Bowl somewhere else, fine. 
but I thought the NFL was far too lenient on Ben Roethlisberger, just as I think the NFL is far too lenient on Deshaun Watson. Um, it is, it's, this is just, this is bizarre to me that it feels like the protection of women is, and this isn't some like sort of woke cause. And I'm not somebody that stands outside places with a picket line or picket sign and tries to, and I'm not some advocacy group kind of guy. I'm just not, I take everything independently case by case basis, but the need to intertwine this is something other people want to do. So I'll play along here. I, it just feels like women aren't that protected all that much by the NFL whenever there are crimes against them or even alleged crimes against them or alleged crimes is enough here because we're not talking about a court of law. We're talking about a separate governing body, which is the national football league uh, policy, you know, the, the behavioral policy. So I I just, I, I don't get it. I don't think that 11 games is, at all enough. I think a nice round number is a season and everybody can relate to a season and you're gone a year. And the thing about too, that one thing that people keep infusing into this, who are like sort of pro Cleveland people are, well, he's already missed a year. Well, he did it of his own accord. <laughs> right. You know? Yeah. And he missed a year. And and this is one of the things I was arguing with people about on Twitter, Colin, the Houston Texans. I know Deshaun Watson didn't want to be a Texan. It doesn't mean he still wouldn't be in Houston right now if it weren't for the sexual assault allegations. They didn't need to kowtow to his whims. They didn't need to capitulate. They didn't need to move him. And who's to say Deshaun Watson actually wanted to leave Houston in the first place and wasn't just pulling an Aaron Rodgers, hey, I want money, and I want to be happy with my money, and I want to be paid as a top quarterback, yada, yada, yada. It's hard to go back and say what would have happened without the sexual assaults. But what has undoubtedly happened now is Deshaun Watson – and we can use the word alleged. That's probably the safe way to do it. Deshaun Watson allegedly sexually assaulted his way to Cleveland. He got out of Houston because they didn't want to deal with it anymore. He lands in Cleveland where he gets $230 million guaranteed dollars. And now the NFL suspends him not for a full season. He's going to play six games this year if he stays healthy. That is remarkable to me that somebody could be accused of what he's doing and not just make it out, right? Because we know money, we know means, it helps you get out of these situations. We've talked about it before. Not only just get out of a situation, Deshaun Watson has failed upward to the point where now he is in so much better of a situation, you can't even compare the two things. He was in Houston with a bad roster, and now he's making $230 guaranteed. Yeah, his name got dragged through the mud, deservedly so, but he's in a good spot. He's failed upward where the monetary fine means absolutely nothing. Nothing. Him. And it's nothing. a gigantic monetary fine to 99.9% of the American population. Uh, it's it's wild to me. I We're going to look back on this situation and say, I, I don't understand. There's never going to be a time where you look at this and say, I understand how it happened that way. There's never going to be a time, no matter how far removed we get from this, we're never going to understand it. You brought it up on the show today. I thought it was worth revisiting here on the podcast, but I'm not rooting for Deshaun Watson to get hurt, but I'm okay if he does. I wouldn't lose a second of sleep if he tears his ACL on the first play against Houston. I wouldn't feel sorry for him for a second. And I can't remember the last time a player in the NFL, NHL, MLB got hurt 
and I was watching or invested, and I didn't feel bad for the guy. Vontez Perfect. I, you know, there's a short list of people probably. Vontez Perfect, Tom Wilson in the mm-hmm. NHL. Um, I would think. Jeez, uh, I'm trying to think of it. Jacob you know, Truba. That's about it. Jacob Truba. There was a time in which I think if you're if you're pirate centric, you think about Aroldis Chapman when he was kind of going after pirates. Great point. Uh, there was there was that guy. He was kind of when Ryan Braun cheated the system. He was sort of enemy number one, um, and that was in the NL Central, a uh, time in which you know the Brewers were kind of hated by the Pirates, but really before the Pirates got really really good. So uh, for a three year span, but anyhow, uh, there's not a lot. I'm not rooting for Deshaun Watson to get hurt, but I am where you are. It would be intriguing to see if he got hurt, especially if it was an away venue. I think he'd be the rare athlete, and it would be the rare instance where if he got hurt, the away crowd, which would be the home crowd, his away crowd, the home crowd in that stadium would roar and clap and cheer. And it would be like you were in an alternate universe because, you know, you're supposed to have tact. You're supposed to have grace and dignity and all of those things. But he has shown to not have any of that. And so it's just I liken it to what if Vontez, what, you know, Juju Smith-Schuster, he gets dinged, you know, against Cincinnati and Antonio Brown gets dinged against Cincinnati and those people kind of, they cheer. And their personalities or what they've done rose nothing to the level at which Deshaun Watson has done. I, I think if Deshaun Watson gets hit and laid out at an away venue, the crowd would roar in cheers. I think so. And the list is small. And even all of those guys, I never once thought about Vontez Burfick being hurt. I just wanted the Steelers to beat that guy because he's a loser. And I wanted him to not necessarily feel physical pain, but the the pain of losing. Deshaun Watson, I want Cleveland to lose. Of course I do. Because the organization has proven to be second rate. Not that we already didn't know that in this instance. But also Deshaun Watson... He's just an evil person. There's no other way to put it. He absolutely lied throughout this charade. There's he continues no to question. lie. He continues to lie. Uh, it would be interesting to see if he got hurt. It, to see if – and I'll tell you this. Players are just going to play the game. They're just going to play football. That's their job. That's what they do. They're trying to win. I think on road trips especially, and maybe even some home games, uh, in, in and around town or whatever, wherever he is, I don't think he understands how people are going to be out for blood. Hmm. How the general fan who, in a way, has nothing to lose, Joe the plumber, you know, Mike that's just some drunk guy that's a fan that works maybe an office job who, you know, we live in a climate where we're going through security checkpoints anyway. People run on the field. People fight and fist fight at games. I think Deshaun Watson becomes a real security issue this year. People are going to be out for blood. We saw people last year, um, you know, didn't we see Jalen Hurts, you know, people just yelling at him and different things. We saw a different stadium. We've seen stadium incidences all over, incidents, I should say, all over the the major sports. We see it all the time. Uh, We see it at least, you know, once a, a month maybe in one of the sports or at least a couple times a year where somebody can't say no to the crowd and then you have a player in a game that's trying to climb into the stands or at least jawing and yelling and screaming or somebody throws a beer. and I don't think we're ready for 
what's going to happen in terms of people having, excuse me, real angst and anger towards this guy in venues. I think you're right. There's two things I don't want to see, and we'll move on to the Steelers preseason game number two quickly here and in segment number two of episode nine, fourth down in the Steel City. But I don't want to see players dabbing this guy up after games, handshake, hugs, oh, this is my buddy. No, don't want to see any of that. Nobody associated with the Pittsburgh Steelers, I'll tell you what, I would be disappointed to see anybody shake that man's hand, bump elbows with that guy. And the other thing is, this happened when Baylor was going through everything that Baylor was going through with Art Bryles. There would be crowds that would chant, no means no. I don't think there's any place for that kind of stuff. You want to boo Deshaun Watson, fine. Boo Deshaun Watson. Chanting no means no sort of takes, it ta- it trivializes the pain that the women went through and brings it into a sports arena in a way that I don't think we need that to be. So I don't want to hear anything like that. I also don't want to see players dap it up. I don't want players to, you know, be his buddy. It, it, you know, I think there may be some pressure from players to not commiserate with him. It's gonna, it's gonna oh, be real interesting, especially, especially Clemson players. You know, yes. that one's gonna be interesting. Or people from his hometown, in in and around the area where he grew up. So, man, it it just once he gets back, yeah, you know, week thirteen or whatever it is, it will, um, it will be fascinating to see if he has any friends or if he's essentially just out there as a mercenary playing quarterback for a few hours. I guess the other thing I don't want to see is the Deshaun Watson think piece that comes out after he wins a playoff game. Deshaun Watson got a second chance and turned his life around. No, 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 no. If Deshaun Watson has success as an NFL quarterback, it's continuing the success he's already had as an NFL quarterback. He didn't get a second chance at life. He got a second chance to play quarterback in the NFL, and he's going to continue to play quarterback, I think, at a high level once his body gets reacclimated to playing football. When Antonio Brown won the Super Bowl, it was, I saw a piece out there and I saw tweets out there. Look at what happened with AB with a second chance. He wasn't a changed person. He was just still a good football player. And those are different things. People need to keep that in mind. Mitch Trubisky's getting a second chance. Deshaun Watson isn't getting a second chance. That's correct. Those are two different things. And that's your transition so that we can get the hell off this. I didn't want to do this. I promise. I didn't want to do that, and then we did it anyway. And it's my fault, but that's fine. Deshaun Watson. Up next in segment two, preseason game number two between the Steelers and the Jags. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. In-depth conversations, matchup breakdown, analysts on every game. Everything a Steelers fan could want. This is Fourth Down in the Steel City with your hosts, Adam Crawley and Colin Dudlap. Episode 9, Segment 2, Fourth Down in the Steel City. Preseason game number two coming up. 
Colin Dunlap. Yes. But before we get to that, Mason Rudolph said, hey, he wishes he got some more first-team reps. And I'll tell you what, I don't think he should have because I don't think he's ever part of this quarterback competition. I don't think he ever should be part of the quarterback competition because he's Mason Rudolph and I know who he is already. But from Mason's perspective, if he was told that this was a true and to be fair quarterback battle, then yeah, if I were him, I'd be a little bit bummed out that I never got first team reps, especially the way he's played in camp. Let's play it this way. Let's play Johnny hypothetical game. Let's go back. It's not even hypothetical. It's it's retrospectively hypothetical, if that makes any sense. Let's go back to right after the draft happened, maybe mini camp or whatever, and let's play uh, quarterback room. Mike Sullivan is in there, the, the football Mike Sullivan, not the hockey Mike Sullivan. So he's in there, Matt Canada's in there, and Mike Tomlin's in there. And they bring the guys in one by one, okay? And forget Oladokun. He doesn't, he's, you know, he knows what he is. So I am going to play the uh, holy triumvirate role of Canada, of Sullivan, and of Tom. You are going to play an evolving role of the three quarterbacks. Do you have your role set? Okay. Yes. Uh, I'm going to tell you who it is. Door knocks. Door knocks. Okay. You, you knocked on my door. It opens up. Hey, young man, have a seat. You are... You are Kenny Pickett. Kenny, why don't you sit down? All right, Kenny. Good to see you. Everything's great. Man, we drafted you. This is wonderful. Now, Adam Crowley, you tell me what you think was said to Kenny Pickett right there. Kenny, thrilled to have you here. Your potential is through the roof. We're excited about bringing you on. We think we need to bring you on at a pace that is only going to aid in your development. And so you're going to start out as our number three quarterback and you're going to have to earn your way up the depth chart. But we have a plan in place and you've got to trust that we, the Pittsburgh Steelers, know what's best for you. Okay, I'm going to tell you what I think was said to Kenny Pickett. Kenny, how you doing? This is great. We drafted you first round, right? Listen, we ain't shitting anybody here. You're our second quarterback and you're going to be our second quarterback going into the season. Something crazy happens, you could potentially start. You're not going to be third, but you're not going to be first right now. You're more than likely going to be our backup. We have big things for you in the future. It's just going to take a while to get there. All right, thanks, Kenny. Boom. So you and I differ on that a little bit. Second guy comes in. Kenny, tell Trubisky to come on in here whenever you leave. All right. Knock on a door. Trubisky comes in. Trubisky comes in. Adam, you play the role of Trubisky. What do you think, or you play the role of the Holy Triumvirate. What do you think was said to Trubisky by those three guys? Uh, obviously, Mitch, we know that you were able to lead the team to the playoffs two times in Chicago. I should probably get off that impression there. We know that you were able to lead the team to the playoffs a couple times. We believe in your ability as an NFL quarterback, and we are preparing to make you the starting quarterback of the Pittsburgh Steelers from day one. Just go out there and play good football, and the rest will take care of itself. Okay, me, I'll play Holy Triumvirate to Trubisky. Mitch, listen, we went and we sought you out in free agency. Unfortunately, we had a guy die, which sucked, so that's no good. So you're not battling with him. You're not really battling with anybody unless you are absolutely (laughs) awful. You're the starter of this team. We don't think you're going to be absolutely awful. You have. We can't say this publicly, really, 
because it does nothing for the morale of this football team. And we know you're a pro. We know you're a vet. So you can understand some. You're our starter, but we're going to carry it on about so that everybody gets better and kind of have a competition-like atmosphere at our camp. But Mitch, unless it's really bad, you're our guy. Thank you. Tell Mason to head on in here on your way out. Bang. Here comes Rudolph. Now, what do you think was said to Rudolph by those three? I believe they said, Mason, you've been here. You're the veteran quarterback on our roster who's been here the longest. We know what you're capable of. You have a winning record as quarterback of the Pittsburgh Steelers. We are going to give you the opportunity to play for the starting job. I think what was said to him was this. Mason, obviously, you know what happened. We drafted Kenny. We think Kenny can be good. That's why we drafted him. We drafted him higher than we drafted you. We don't know for sure, but we think by virtue of where we drafted him that he's an NFL guy. It's your, it's in your best interest to go out there and prepare as if you can be a quarterback who can help us because if he can't answer the bell or if he isn't as good as we think, you could be a guy for us. If not, let's get through camp. You give us your best effort. We'll reevaluate everything after that. Hmm. So I don't think, I think it's a charade, but I think they had to relay to the public and relay to everybody that was an open competition. And all three guys sort of knew their lot in life as a Pittsburgh Steeler. I just find it odd then if that's the way it would have gone down. I'm not saying I'm right and you're wrong or you're right and I'm wrong because nobody knows but those six people. Yeah. Oh, I know that. I just think Mason Rudolph, he hasn't really stirred the pot at all in his time in Pittsburgh. He's always said the right thing. The thing he said to Jeff Hathorne about wanting more first-team reps was as close to controversy as he's been in apart from Helmet Gate and all that fun stuff, which really wasn't his fault. I think he thought he had a legit shot, whether it was lost in translation, whether they told him one thing and did another. I really think Mason Rudolph thought he had a shot at the number one job. And I think Mason Rudolph believes he played well enough in camp, maybe not to be given that job, but to at least be given first team reps. And so I think from that standpoint, I actually can, I can buy into Mason Rudolph saying that you wanted more first team reps because you thought it was, you had a chance at the starting job. You want equal chances. Everybody else totally get that. That's fine. But The thing is, even if they told him he was going to have a chance to be the starting quarterback on day one, that's never what they should have done. And so I sort of have a foot in both camps here. I get where Mason's coming from. I also never wanted the Steelers to ever believe in their minds that he was a legitimate uh, starter for this team. Yeah, it's it's one of those things I'd love to know the answer to. Unfortunately, we're never going to know the answer to this. And it's in his best interest at this point. I think, to go ahead and pursue a trade. I mean, it just makes the most sense. It makes the most sense for him. It makes the most sense for the organization. Yeah, and his agent should be out there. The Steelers should let his agent work something out and make it happen that way. Uh, Omar Khan's got other things on his mind. Eh, Mason Rudolph, see if somebody will give you a fifth-round pick. If not, you take the sixth-round pick and you run. Get something for Mason Rudolph. And I do want him traded sooner rather than later now, Colin, the more I've thought about it, because I don't want – Mitch Trubisky to go down in a preseason game. And then the Steelers, because they're afraid of putting a rookie in right now, 
being tempted to play Mason Rudolph. That is the worst possible case scenario. Trubisky gets hurt. Rudolph goes in. Kenny Pickett is your backup still. Another bad scenario is this, that they continue to try to showcase him, and he's not going to have a better performance than he had in the first preseason game. You know what? He might go out and go three of 14 and suck. And then that then people who thought about maybe giving a six-round pick say, uh, you know, no, he's not even worth the seventh-round pick. I'm going to go with someone else. Smart NFL people for the last week have argued that Kenny Pickett is now in this competition against Mitch Trubisky by virtue of the 13 out of 15 performance the last time out in preseason game number one. If smart NFL people can be fooled by a player playing well against third teamers, I wonder if that's why the Steelers are playing Mason Rudolph against third teamers this week. Keep that momentum flowing. Right. Hey, my guy had six strikeouts. He was really good. He struck out the side. Well, you had him in the split squad game. Don't tell anybody. (laughs) Just show that stat line. That's all that matters. Um, so I, what do you expect out of Kenny on the, in the game, a regression to the mean, but not in a bad, not a terrible way to use a Neil Huntington term from a, a long time ago. I don't expect, what was he 13 or 15 or yeah. something of the such. I don't expect that, but I, I don't expect him to look out of place either. I expect a lot of the same stuff to, um, I hope he's protected. Well, I want that to happen, but I also, I expect him to use the running game just a little bit more. And I expect a lot of low, um, uh, not a lot of uh, of throws, to, not a lot of high danger throws. Mm-hmm. I expect a lot of low danger throws, continue to allow him to get confidence. Uh, maybe go something like, you know, 12 and 19 for 103 yards or something like that. Yeah, I'm kind of with you, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sort of lean a little bit towards the not as good as last week, but still good. Uh, right. Still a quarterback rating around 100. I just think there's something about this guy where he seems to meet the moment. Uh, he did it in his first season at Pitt against Miami. He did it in the first preseason game the other night. And I just think... Well, he did it against Tennessee. He did it against North Carolina. Well, right, he did it right. in the bowl and, game. Right. Anytime a team needed pick put on their back, he did it. Like yes. there's no there's no question about that. He did against Clemson. The throw right before the half. <sighs> it, it, I, whenever and whenever players around him weren't as good as him, he found a way to make everybody better. Or he just said, "Hell with you. I'm just winning this thing by myself." Yeah, I still can't get over the throw to Tyler Vaughn's. I mean, it was unspectacular if you're just watching the game and having a couple of pops. But if you really go back and you analyze it, he gets hit right in the chest about a millisecond after he lets go of that football from the far left hash to the far right sideline, puts it right on the money, a timing pattern, accurate, strong arm, had the moxie to get hit in the chops and make the throw. I think he's got it. I don't know that that's enough to be a star in the NFL. I don't know if it's enough to be a starter for a decade in the NFL. I don't know. I think it's enough for him to have a decent performance, if not a good performance against the Jacksonville Jags on Saturday. I've when got we a were, gigantic oh. NFL question coming up next when we oh. come back. Oh, a gigantic. gigantic. It affects every every NFL fan. Every current NFL fan. I'm intrigued.
In-depth conversations, matchup breakdown, analysts on every game. Everything a Steelers fan could want. This is Fourth Down in the Steel City with your hosts, Adam Crawley and Colin Dudlap. Episode 9, Segment 3, Fourth Down in the Steel City. Colin, you said you have a normal-sized question for NFL fans? Gigantic. Gigantic. What? Bigger than uh, I don't know, bigger than Barry Bonds' head, and bigger than uh, Devin Bush's eagle. This question is huge. With the Pittsburgh Steelers playing the Jacksonville Jaguars, I thought of this just uh, just the other day. Uh, and then with the Jets and their quarterback problem and things, which is you could go go back maybe three years, right or but really make it current day. Which is the hardest team to root for in the NFL? Which is the worst one to be a diehard fan of right now? Because those two would probably be up there, as would maybe Washington. Let's so let's d let's d de, uh, disqualify the Browns. Correct. Let's disqualify the Browns. So working, say you're a diehard. You're born in that town. You're raised in that town. You're someone that maybe has season tickets, you won't give up on your team, but man, it's painful right. and it's painful a lot. And I thought about that with Jacksonville, you know, you go through, uh, you go through urban Meyer. There's now, you know, coaching change. You have, you thought last year, well, we'd get better than your coaches off in the middle of the week at college bars. It just all went to hell and you thought it would get better and it wouldn't. But what franchise right now do you say, all right, I'm on my way to the tailgate or I'm on my way to the game or I'm just sitting down to watch TV. I'm freaking torturing myself, but it's like my duty to root for my team, so I can't quit. Which one would be the hardest home team to root for? Like, we go through that with baseball here in Pittsburgh. <sighs> Do we ever? Right. I'll go off the board a little bit here because, as somebody who watches West Virginia football, they've been close to doing some really great things in my life, and then they falter. Whereas okay. Jacksonville, what have they really ever done? What has Detroit ever really done? Well, they beat it, the Steelers in a playoff. Continue. Uh, yeah, no, I know where you, I know yeah. where you're going with it, but go ahead. I think I'm going to go with the Minnesota Vikings. Ooh, because uh, they got a big fan base. They got a big, passionate fan base. They're not the Packers. They haven't been the Packers. They had the best team that they've had in a very long time with Brett Favre, and he throws the the gut wrenching oh, interception. Like they're always in it. I mean, Gary they're Anderson the, all the way back to that, right? It's a it's a really good historic franchise that has had playoff success, but right when you think they're on the precipice of greatness, they pull it right out from under you. I'd probably go Minnesota. Can I go with one that's off the board too? I would probably say Jacksonville, but I'll go with one that's maybe a different thought here. Aren't the Cowboys always supposed to be better than what they are? And it's bad to be up on the pedestal but but you really never should be and so it's in, it's almost embarrassing now to be a Cowboys fan that's a good pick you have the gigantic stadium that is looks like a spaceship landed in the middle of the metroplex you have an owner that tells everybody how great you're supposed to be you have a quarterback and a running back combination you have a great young receiver in, in CD Lamb right i mean you got a lot of players you have a defense that you put together. You have a coach that came in and you said, well, we got rid of this guy, the smart guy. 
because now we're bringing in this tough Western Pennsylvania guy that was proven somewhere else. Right? Won a championship. Yeah. And then you bring him in and it's just, it's always kind of good. It's never great. So what's worse to be expected to be average and be bad or to be the expectations be great and be average? Well, I thought about this a lot when the Cubs, before the Cubs won the World Series, where they're the lovable losers, they're the Cubs. Well, the Pirates lose a lot more than the Cubs do. I mean, it's not even close. Uh, The Cubs, they had Bartman and all that. But I do think it's easier to become apathetic than it is to be terribly, awfully invested and then have your heart punctured time and time again. Like, I wish I didn't love West Virginia football as much as I do because it just brings me pain. Uh, The Pirates, I care about the Pirates too, but there's a portion of my brain that sort of died with them, portion of my heart that sort of died. And when they're good again, I think I can rev it back up, but I'm not so sure about that. Like, I feel like it would be harder to be tortured year in and year out and be almost there, but never get there. Question then, and I think this is a fascinating conversation. It's not Steeler-centric, but it doesn't need to be. Do you feel good now that Buffalo's on the come a little bit hmm. for that fan base? Uh, yes, but it doesn't it doesn't necessarily guarantee anything. I like, I'll, I'll, I'll bring this up. When the Seahawks, when when Russell Wilson threw that pick against the Patriots, I remember the next day people saying, well, that stinks for them, but they'll be back. Bengals. They Super never Bowl. went back. Right. And you don't think they're going to ever go back. I don't. And I get that. You're not guaranteed anything. Yes, the Bills have a really good roster. And yes, the Bills have their franchise quarterback now, I think, undoubtedly, unquestionably. But Kansas City's quarterback's better. Who's to say that the guy in Los Angeles isn't better? Justin Herbert. There's five or six quarterbacks in the AFC alone that all probably feel like this year's Super Bowl or bust. Why does Buffalo get to be the team that wins it? I'm not so sure that they do or ever will. Denver's quarterback might be better right now. Yes. You know, uh, Jacksonville may think they have a better quarterback. Cleveland thinks they definitely have a better quarterback. Uh, It it is crazy, but I don't know. It was just an off the wall question that I had. Like which one did, when you sit down and turn that television on, do you say, this is torture, but I can't stop doing it. I love it. But if I'm not lying to myself here and being honest, this is kind of torturous. Well, let me flip it this way, too, because I really like this. What team, when you're watching football on a Sunday, do you put your feet up and go, oh, here's the game. It's on CBS. And you go, ah, forget. I'm just going to go rake leaves or something. Because Jacksonville's (laughs) always high on that list for me. With Trevor Lawrence, it's different now because he makes them appointment television. But you've got to be a bad team with a quarterback that I don't get up for. Like Detroit, I will watch them on Thanksgiving. I don't know that I need to see much Detroit. But a bad team with a bad quarterback, that's I'll tell the you one. who I don't watch, who I got no time to ever watch, are the Giants. Hmm. Like I got no time to ever watch the Giants. I really don't. Carolina, now I will watch because of that yeah. story. But in the past, it was. And the Carolina. Giants are on national TV all the flipping all the time. time. All, all the time. time. All the time they are. So the Giants is a pick for me. Um, also, I, um, you know, 
the Cowboys are kind of there for me. This over celebratory way that the that people think that Texas is its own country, and that people <laughs> think everybody around the country is as excited about Texas as Texas is about Texas is wild to me. Yeah, Houston doesn't Houston doesn't do it for me right now either. I know no. that, that that big old long neck quarterback down there. I mean, okay. All right, let's move it to Steelers real quick because it is Steeler oh. centric. One thing you gotta see happen when the Steelers play Jacksonville on Saturday evening to where you say, I got some questions right now, man, I can breathe a sigh of relief. I want to see this. I would need to see it in more than just this game, but I would really like to see the Steelers offensive line block somebody. I mean, name a Steelers offensive lineman that's going to be part of the equation. And they had a bad game last week, or you can at least point out one moment, Dan Moore Jr., he got worked, gives up a strip sack on Mason Rudolph's, what was it, first play. Kendrick Green got worked, and Mitch Trubisky got hit on the second play of the game. Mason Cole was good in, in terms of run blocking. That's fine. Daniels was garbage in pass protection, and Chooks for I don't believe in. Can I see one of those guys have a great game? And so where pro football focus on Sunday rights, Dan Moore Jr. graded out as the fourth best offensive lineman in the league this week. Can I just have one guy who's young in particular take a step and show me that it's in there at all? I really want to see that tomorrow. I'd like to parlay that with something that probably would include those guys, but maybe he's a little bit more running back centric. I want to see a guy not named Najee Harris because Najee Harris is going to play. Just in case the Steelers do need to go to a second running back at some point this year, they probably will. I want to see a drive or at least a first down sort of a, a couple play succession where it's the same guy workhorsing it where, and, and mm. it doesn't matter who it is, but an RB two gain off right tackle for four gain off right tackle for six first down, give it to him a third time, ta- a third time in a row. He gains three, then go ahead and complete pass, then swing pass to him. He gains five. Something like that. I want to see that sort of thing happen. I want to see a guy kind of a workhorse it just a little bit and go ahead and uh, and be able to kind of have some things in succession and go from there. I think that's that's exactly what I want to see. I want to see that happen. So anyway, well, there we go. What a show it's been. What a wonderful time. It is uh, always so much fun. Fourth down in the Steel City. You can join anytime. You could uh, hit us. Hit us with questions that you have. You could shoot us an email. You can get in touch with us on Twitter at Fourth Down Steel. Anytime you like. He's Crowley. I'm Colin. We'll talk to you on Monday. We're out of here. <laughs>